This week on Monero Talk is sponsored by Monero.com Wallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange your Monero safely on iOS and Android too. Monero.com Wallet is open source and you always control your own keys. And by IVPN. Resist online surveillance with IVPN, a privacy-focused audited and transparent VPN provider that accepts Monero directly. Monero.com Wallet and IVPN are trusted and verified by the Monero community. Monero Talk is also made possible from contributions by viewers and listeners like you. And supporting us is easier than ever by typing in our YAT free speech money into your Monero.com or Cake Wallet send address field to send us a tip. This week on Monero Talk. Doug and I headed off to Freedom Fest 2022 in Las Vegas, Nevada. We were happy to report yet again that it was a huge success. We served up fresh, gratuitous pour-overs this time and spoke to tons of freedom fighters about Monero, the importance of privacy, and true digital cash. Once again, thank you to Monero.com for helping fund part of our trip and the funds they provided for giveaways. It was truly a hit. Many were excited to receive a $10 Monero tip on the spot. Lots went on during this short trip, so please stay tuned for all the wonderful and interesting content. Douglas Tuman gets interviewed by Mark Edge of Free Talk Live at Freedom Fest 2022. The special edition of Monero Talk starts now. Mark Edge, Free Talk Live here at Freedom Fest. I'm really excited to be able to talk to Douglas Tuman about Monero Talk. So, Douglas, I love Monero. It's my favorite uh, cryptocurrency out there. I um, love the, the privacy that it affords. I think that uh, privacy is important, whether you're doing something that you need to be private about or not, because if you let um, you know corporate actors or state actors see what you're doing when you're not being, uh, you know, sneaky or whatever, then everybody who's doing something private is being sneaky. So what we need is, is that we need to be private. We need to not feed this addiction that the state has for our information. I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, I don't even like calling them privacy coins. I don't like calling Monero a privacy coin. I, I just think it's a true crypto and any true crypto should have quote unquote privacy built into it. We don't, we don't have cash and privacy cash. We have cash and it's assumed that when you use cash that it is private. Nobody, nobody questions that. Um, and I think, like you said, we need, we need to get back to that uh, social understanding and appreciation of true cash. And I currently think Monero is doing the best at being true digital cash. We get into, into why I think that. Uh, but yeah, the privacy is really just one aspect. I think I'm more more interested actually in the fungibility of, of Monero. Uh, and I think that comes with its privacy. So, you know, the difference between Monero and Bitcoin, you know, real short, and I'm sure you're, you're aware, most of your wit, uh, listeners already are, but uh, I'll give my quick explanation. Do not assume my listeners are aware of anything. I've got 500,000 people listen to the show in a week, and it's on 200 radio stations across the country. No, no, no. Please explain fully. So Bitcoin, Bitcoin, everybody knows the ledger, right? Uh, computers coming to consensus on, on what's in that ledger. And that's how uh, Bitcoin works in, it, in its simplest form. All transactions are, are permanently stored on this ledger. The ledger is completely transparent, so anybody can view it, including chain analytics companies. What and the CIA. 
and the CIA, any, any, anybody who, want, who wants to take a look at it, right? And there's, there's a lot of good data there. And the problem with that is these companies are then connecting people's real-world identities to their data and to their transactions, which then essentially follow them for the, for the rest of their lives. And whether or not they've put all the pieces together now uh, isn't, isn't the issue. It's that they'll always be able to look at this ledger and maybe put the pieces together at some point in the future. Monero functions similarly, blockchain, you know, proof of work, all the same basic stuff, except the ledger is obfuscated. So you can't see who the sender is, you can't see who, what, who the receiver is, you can't see what address it's going to, and you can't see the amounts being sent. Uh, and that's the primary difference between the two. So it's you know the same ledger tech, except the ledger's obfuscated, wherein nobody can actually uh, view the data on the ledger. I love the idea of calling Monero a true crypto because you know that the 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 cyberpunks or the people who came up with the idea of a cryptocurrency back in the 90s um, uh, this this is not new a uh, new idea they wanted something where it was uh, you know unstoppable and private and monero really is that um, also, when you think about um, this uh, this ledger tech that on Bitcoin, it's it's worth thinking about. This is worth spending some time with. Because so you think about the problems of uh, you know when when was my Facebook uh, page created? Uh, 2006, maybe 2005. Uh, before that, it was MySpace. I don't know that you can go hunt my MySpace page any longer, but you can certainly find what was on my Facebook in 2006. And I, I can tell you, my decision making skills were worse then than they are now. And so maybe there's a picture that, uh, you know, I'm out at a bar or something and an employer uh, might look at that and they say, oh, well, sorry, you can't uh, get a job here. Um, well, people th say to themselves, well, I'll just go and I'll tidy up my social media before I go look for a job. That's fine. Are you going to tidy up your Bitcoin transactions that are on an immutable ledger for the, from now and time memoriam that are stored by the CIA and uh, every other you know terrifying government agency? Forget the CIA for a second. Whatever the, the Chinese version of the KGB is, I don't know who it is and I don't know why they're storing it, but I know they are. I know 100% that they are. And another thing I know is they're not storing any, not one single Monero transaction because they can't. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, Edward Snowden calls it right the permanent record, right? Uh, and that's that's what Bitcoin is. So it's interesting because Bitcoin initially was seen as uh, the the savior, right? So it, it was this thing that would allow essentially people to communicate, communicate value peer to peer without censorship, and. My fear is that it's not actually the great savior, that it's, it's falsely pulling people into it for those reasons, but because of this flaw that it has, it's transparency, there's an attack surface there that's gonna be used against the people that are using this network. And that's why I'm so passionate about things like Monero. And I just currently think Mon Monero is doing it better than any other crypto for those purposes. But like you said, I mean, the, the idea that we're going to transact on a permanent ledger where it could forever follow us is, in my mind, terrifying. And whether or not governments are gonna use it against us now uh, or, or in the future, uh, what we do know is that it's a powerful, uh, you know, uh, it could give anybody a powerful advantage over society if they do figure out how to track and trace those transactions. And we do know that because of that, there's gonna be this, this effort to do so. And it's not just theoretical, it's, it's already happening. We're already seeing it happen.
I don't know what the government's going to do with the information, but I know they're going to collect it, and I know they're going to try to identify the human being with which each transaction went. And that's not impossible. It's not even close to impossible. It's quite possible um, that they'll do that. And um, I think it's worth pointing out every single time that uh, the, the atrocity that occurred in Rwanda was done using census data in Rwanda. They went through and they found the Tutsis and the Hutus and they, they found whose last names correspond with which. It's not that difficult, right? Like you can tell my last name, Edge, is English and, uh, you know, somebody's last name is O'Donnell is uh, Irish and somebody's last name, Schultz, is German, right? This isn't that difficult. And it was done and they, you know, they committed genocide as a result. Oh, you think one example is not good enough for you? Happened in Africa? All right. Let me give you another example. The United States Census Organization and their, um, you know, stuff was used to round up Japanese Americans in California and out in the West. We put them in internment camps for four years. No, we, I just mean if you identify with the United States government, I don't. You know, to me, they're, they're yet another group of criminals. But, you know, yeah, this, this information is likely to be used because that's what they do. And that's what I love about uh, Monero. And that's why I think privacy is important. Because when you filled out your census forms, well, it was just two years ago, right? When you filled out your census forms and you put down your, your last name, uh, they're uh, Tumen. Um, I'm not sure what the ethnicity is, but you didn't think there was going to be a genocide on Tumens coming up, uh, you know? And uh, I'm sure that the Japanese Americans in the United States didn't think the 1930-1940 census was going to be used against them in that way. So this stuff is important, and Monero is taking it seriously. Now I got a hard question for you, Doug. Scalability when it comes to Monero has been an issue all along. What are we gonna do to make Monero scalable so that we can make more transactions per uh, minute and more and make those transactions smaller? Because Monero transactions, that privacy is big compared to a Bitcoin transaction. Yeah, I mean, so we have these, dis these discussions on our show, Monero Talk, uh, all the time. And, uh, in talking to the experts, you know, my, my understanding is, you know, Monero is actually more scalable than, than you think, right? So Monero was invented much like Bitcoin, right? Anonymously started by a group of cypherpunks. Bitcoin, you know, it was the Satoshi white paper in 2008. There was the CryptoNote white paper that was released in 2013 uh, by Nicholas Van Saberhagen, actually opposite initials of, of Satoshi Nakamoto, right? So you could, you could whatever, uh, try to put that together. But, um, you know, the, what, by the way, just one more thing about Monero. <laughs> The guys at Monero are funnier than every other cryptocurrency out there. They're just hilarious. And they're constantly up to some kind of shenanigans. And that's what I love about Fluffy Pony and the rest of the, the crew over there, is there's just a culture of the lol. It's all about the lols. Yeah, Fluffy's, Fluffy's amazing. I mean, he, he's gotten us uh, as far as we've gotten so far. He's a, he's a great proponent of Monero. Uh, but the point I wanted to make was when they when they launched the CryptoNote white paper, it was really in reaction to Bitcoin and trying to solve some of the problems that they saw that Bitcoin had. Primarily, like we said, privacy, right? So they wanted to, to build privacy tech into the core protocol layer. Another thing they wanted to build into it was essentially ASIC resistance. So this idea that Monero can live up to the true 
true ideal of that Satoshi Nakamoto had of one CPU, one vote. We get into why that's important, but basically it creates a more decentralized network. The other thing that happened in the early days of the development of Monero was trying to actually make it more scalable than Bitcoin. So there's, there's those that really know Monero the best are actually more excited about its scalability features than its privacy features, believe it or not. So Arctic Mine is a good, a good, good guy to check out. He's, uh, he studies Monero and studies its scalability. But basically what I'm getting at, so Monero has a dynamic block size. Bitcoin has a fixed block size. Uh, Monero is essentially built to scale organically with its usage over time. So as more people use Monero, the block size gets larger, more transactions go into the block, transactions actually get cheaper to send over time. So it costs a third of a cent to send a, big, a Monero transaction right now. And as more people use it, transactions are, fees will stay the same or go down because uh, you're essentially stuffing more transactions into a block. Uh, the criticisms that Bitcoiners have against Bitcoin, uh, Monero, with regards to its scalability are really, uh, you know, I think not honest. I mean, if Monero can't scale, Bitcoin can't scale. There's nothing fundamentally different about the two. Uh, basically, Bitcoin is relying on, on Moore's law and Nielsen's law to scale on, on chain. Monero is relying on the same exact laws, right? So if, if, if the bandwidth of the internet goes up, if computers get smaller and more efficient, we'll have absolutely no problem scaling Monero, plus with the added benefit that it has this dynamic block size so it could scale on chain. Uh, inevitably, you're probably going to need something like a second layer, like a lightning network, and we're seeing those solutions being solved on Bitcoin. So uh, I see absolutely no issue with Monero scaling. If anything, there's arguments for why it could scale better. So uh, it's Monero Talk. Where does go somebody go to see this? I think it's a YouTube channel, is that right? Um, you want people to go subscribe, click like, you know, everything that they tell you, every single video you've ever watched? Yeah, we do a horrible th job of doing that, actually. Uh, yeah, Mon Monero, if you Google Monero Talk or go on YouTube, Monero Talk will pop right up. Uh, Monerotopia is another thing we run. It's a conference that we just we just threw our first one in Miami alongside the Bitcoin conference. We'll be doing another one this year. So Monero Talk or Monerotopia, Google it, you'll find us. I'm going to go right now, as soon as we get all of this done with this interview, I'm going to go get on my, YouTube, my phone here uh, and go subscribe to your channel. Um, you know, I don't say this sort of thing very often. I just want everybody to know, please go with me and subscribe. I want to know. Um, you know, I'm going to watch at least three videos that you've done. And, uh, you know, if I love them, I'm going to stay subscribed. If not, you know, I'm going to go on and uh, continue watching, um, you know, stuff about Minecraft or whatever it is that I do. Thanks for being on, Douglas. Thank you, Matt. Greatly appreciate it. Yeah, it is It is a high-tech show. Each each interview is about an hour long. We talk to the devs in, in, in the space and a bunch of other people working on Monero. Monero Talk. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. We release new episodes every week. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube, Odyssey, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Go to monerotalk.live to subscribe for a full list of places where you can watch and listen. If you want to interact with us, guests, or other podcast listeners, you can follow us on Twitter. And please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps people find the show, and we are always happy to read them. So thanks so much, and we look forward to being back next week.